We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Miami Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, on the bottom of the screen, you can see our statistician and Photoshopper Christian Hernandez. We are one day away from Heat basketball. This is exciting. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it just feels... And, we were and just we, here. We've talked about this, like, a lot already, but, I mean, I, I'm just not gonna get used to how quickly this happened i mean like we're not that far away from the draft and from free agency and like to be honest with you I, in my mind training camp has not happened yet I, mean, I, I feel like i haven't heard anything about training camp like this has been like the most undercover like i mean because i feel like everyone's just thrown off with the the schedule of all this it's incredibly weird. On the left of the screen, you can see our special guest, Tom Haberstroh. I'm just kidding. Jack Alfonso, our trash tweeter, looks like Tom Haberstroh with the shaved head. What's up, man? Welcome back. It's been forever since you've been on the show. Yeah, you kind of banned me from the show because I said the Raptors suck. Listen. Which is true. It's true. No, it's not. We're not doing this. We're not, we're not <laughs> putting these don't care about your feelings. <laughs> 
Jack is a for the for our newer audience. Jack is an original Miami Heat <laughs> member. Jack is a founding member of Miami Heat. As as you present, as presently talk, longest tenured Miami Heat. You and somebody else uh, that aren't here anymore. Uh, shout out recipes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so kind of wanted to touch bases with you guys before the season starts. So as Christian mentioned uh, at the top, our preseason opener is tomorrow which by the way uh make sure to be on the lookout for twitch.tv slash mia heapie we're gonna we're gonna go live with our pre-game and uh, with our post-game coverage of every single miami heat basketball game this season we're gonna bring you a po- a live post-game show on twitch for every preseason, postseason, and regular season game of heat basketball this season so go to twitch.tv slash mia heapie make sure to subscribe and if you miss any Post game show. Remember, they're going to get uploaded to our pod feed. And also importantly, we upload them to YouTube with video. So this nice, wonderful video setup that you're watching on YouTube right now, if you're listening on the podcast, if you want to see our video setup, go to our YouTube page, Miami Heapy, and it's all going to be there. And if you miss any of the pregame, the pregame, postgame podcasts are all going to be on YouTube. Everything's there. Everything's on our podcast feed. You're going to be able to catch us anywhere that you would be comfortable but if you want to be live, remember twitch.tv slash MIA Heapbeat. Uh, our streams are a lot of fun. We, we've, we're really growing at the, something that we started in the postseason, and we really, really enjoy it. Remember, we have live highlights. Nikaias is coming down to break plays down as they happen. We love it. We're the only ones doing that. So make sure you hop on that. Um, guys, Christian, tomorrow they start, and I feel like kind of to your point of we haven't really had a lot of clarity on – on preseason, on, on, on training camp or anything like we still have no, I mean, we we've all speculated on this show. What are the starters? We have no idea. Right. So I'm listening to, to low post and he's like, well, I think the heat have gone all in with bam at center. And we've talked on the podcast. We're like, wait a second. I'm, I think that they might go Myers at center with bam at power forward to kind of conserve it. So I feel like nobody really knows what the fuck sports was planning. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's hard to say that the Heat are planning to go hard with Bam at the five when one of the first moves that they made in the offseason was signing Myers Leonard to a a pretty sizable deal, which will probably end up being a one-year deal because we know that the Heat, with all the player options that they have going into next, or I'm sorry, team options going into next season, that they're most likely going to rescind all those in in the hopes of chasing a max-level player. But um, yeah, I, I don't know how he felt comfortable saying that given what the heat did this off season, if they, if they were prioritizing bam at the five, you would have seen them solely go after wing and guard type players. So I feel like what the moves they make say differently. Jack, I know that you love bam. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a question of um, starters versus closers, right? Like, I think there's no question bam's going to close most of the games if they're competitive, which they won't be because he will be up 30 every night. Um, but yeah, I think especially coming off of like the shortest off season in NBA history, um, I, I, by the way, I I looked it up 64 days from the heat's last finals game to tomorrow. (laughs) So a little bit over two months. Insane. That was shorter than the bubble layoff. Cause the bubble layoff was from March to about June, July. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's a lot. Jack, I actually, I actually really like what you said there because, and I think with Spo teams, sometimes he starts funky players, right? Like, so if you remember back in like the 08 to 2010 years would start Michael Beasley, but would finish with Udonis Haslam, 
right? Remember that was a big controversy. Also like the Carlos Arroyo, Mario Chalmers, man, that is a, that is a throwback. It's always been, obviously those are, those are less kind of important times in kind of the greater scheme of, of chasing a championship, but like, it's always kind of been that way with Spo. It's like they'll, he'll start dudes cause he's comfortable, but at the end, like he, and he kind of like, I think we know that Jimmy and Bam are going to be the for sure. Like those guys are going to be on the floor in a game that matters. And that's tight. Right. And then I think the other guys, you know, I think you can put Duncan and Tyler and pencil, but not pen, you know, depending on the matchup and how they're playing. And then I, the rest of them, that's just blank. Yeah. I mean, it's also just a question of who's going to go in the Harden trade, which will happen any day now. <laughs> Um, so we don't even know what the roster is going to look like. I mean, that's a shakeup that like, and, and he Twitter has been, so I said this earlier, like people on heat Twitter specifically made fun of Danny Ainge forever for not pulling the trigger on Kawhi for not pulling the trigger on AD for not trading for these a plus blue chip level whales. And all of a sudden, he Twitter is full of a bunch of Danny Ainge's that don't want to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden. It's like when they made fun of Danny Ainge for not trading Jalen Brown. By the way, Jalen Brown was nearly an all-star last season. Jalen Brown was like a couple a couple votes away from being an all-star. Like, that's a good fucking player. You know what I mean? It's like, and and Tyler has, you know, whatever. We, we, we may speculate what his upside could be, but... Like, come on, it's James Harden. You know what I mean? Like, get get a fucking grip. I mean, it's Christian. It, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about think about how the Heat played last season, and if you know, obviously, there's no way that Goron is actually going anywhere. But picture throwing James Harden in that role of initiating the offense, and then you know, down the stretch in games, being able to use his obvious isolation skills to generate points in, in high leverage situations. So, you know, there's no downside to bringing up a top, what is he, top seven player? Like, that's not even an argument. Like, you don't get a chance to acquire those types of players every day. And what if you have a real opportunity to get it, you know, somebody like Tyler is someone you have to consider putting on the table because it's going to take that that kind of player to actually make, make the Rockets make that move. Like there's no way that you get this deal done without including like a really good young player. Like that's just how trading for superstars work, right? Like that's how the Laker fans felt about Brandon Ingram, who is a really good player. Right. So like Harden had a down year last season, right? Like we look at Harden season and it was like a little bit of a down year. Cause they weren't that good. 34 points per game, 7.5 assists, 6.6 rebounds. It's insane. Shot. Almost 56% from two shot 35% from three on like 13 attempts a game, 13 attempts from three a game and that kind of percentage. And a lot of those heavy degree of difficulties step back also had like quietly, like almost a career year and like field goal percentage, you know, I know 44% is not like the super high percentage, but like compared to some of his other years where he's at, you know, kind of lower end forties, like it was pretty decent uh, for him. So they coming into a system that he can age a lot better. He's never played with a big, like Bam. I know he played with Dwight Howard, uh, but Bam's kind of a more of a facilitator E big than Dwight. You know, Dwight was just a screen and roll guy. Bam can do that. And also kind of feed you off ball, feed you on the pass, really take some pressure off of you. Cause as a screener, you know, he's also has a threat to pass and, and keep in a handoff. So like that, and, and not to mention Jimmy Butler, who, you know, 
can kind of relieve Harden when he's on the bench, can really run offense, is a great screener, uh, is a almost like a Dwayne Wade-esque type off-ball player. Like, not the best shooter, but he has a lot of gravity when he cuts, when he screens, when he moves, because he's a passer. And I think that you don't want to leave him open just because he's punished teams before. It's just kind of crazy to me that like there's a there's a portion of the fan base that is like, yeah, I, I just don't want James Harden. Like it's just, I don't know, it's kind of ridiculous to me, Jack. It's it's purely just the Shaq trade relitigated, right? Yes. This yes, is yes. Conversation on Heat Twitter is there is a segment of Heat fans who think the Shaq trade was a mistake. Still to and this day. That's the philosophical difference here is um the Shaq trade sent Miami to I mean, two really deep playoff runs, um, barring injuries, it could have been, you know, back-to-back titles or, you know, 2005 was really promising for them. And then there was a lull in the late aughts um, where you kind of had Dwayne Wade kind of doing it himself. And you have to ask, was 2006 worth that lull, like where you're kind of wasting Dwayne Wade's prime? But he also got um, hurt too, remember that? Like he he got, yeah. he got hurt and then in, in 07 and like that really kind of changed the math on everything that they did. And it's just positionally reversed where Harden is the shooting guard with, you know, a questionable reputation, I guess, kind of like late career Shaq was like his work ethic was in question. Um, You know, how much of his prime is left? Is he like a great attitude fit? And you have this phenom young center in Bam, who, I mean, is going to be great for the heat for the next five years, at least. Um, He seems like, like a revolutionary player for the Heat franchise. Do you want to bet on Tyler Hero being like, I don't know, like a Lamar Odom, Karan Butler level player who kind of keeps you in the like playoff like pool for the next couple of years? Or do you want to like go all in, throw all your chips in, say we were a finals team last year at an MVP and we have the next like two to three years to, I don't know, get a title. Um, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a bad option either way. I'm not upset if they don't get Harden, um, but it definitely seems like a Pat Riley type move to put all the chips in. I guess the question is whether they think Giannis or or Bill or somebody is going to make themselves available. I love love the comp you made because you're talking about 05 where Dwayne Wade hurt his ribs in the Eastern Conference Finals, which really kind of neutered their chances against Detroit. And I think Christian, I mean, I know that, you know, I think you've even been a season ticket holder since then. Like, you know, that's, that team was close. That team was title ready. No, definitely. I was not a season ticket holder then. Um, but I definitely did pay my way to a handful of those playoff <laughs> games, uh, including uh game three against the Mavericks, which is still the greatest game that I've ever oh, attended. My God, life. you're so lucky. That's crazy. Uh, that's yeah, history. No. That that was definitely the most fortunate game I've ever been able to 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 attend. But um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels to that. I never thought of that. Yeah, no, I mean, and, I, and I'm glad that Jack brought that up because, like, at the end of the day, like you make these kinds of moves to win titles. So, like, the people, like, yeah, I kind of get the argument, like, thinking the Shaq trade was a mistake just because, like, right after they won the title, we saw how quickly that all fell fell off the rails. But I think winning the title still means that ultimately it was the right move. And it's like, you bring in James Harden, a guy who 
scores 1.1 points in the playoffs in isolation, you know, on very high volume. He's a guy who can create for himself. Like he scores, uh, I think, what was it? It was in pick and roll situations. The, the, the offense scores 45% of the time when he's involved, which is, which is a pretty high number, like, especially in the playoffs because that's what he does. Exactly. Like he is, just a generational type player. And the, the lasting image of the heats last season to me was Jimmy Butler bent over that bastion exhausted. And I, and you know, obviously they were missing Goran Dragic and Bam was hurt, you know, and Goran would definitely have helped a lot to carry the load. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge the reality that Goran is, is going to be 35 going into these playoffs. Like he is, there's not much time left in that regard. And you need to give Jimmy a real running mate because he cannot be getting worn down like that. We cannot forget that he's got years of fibs abuse, you know, that, that is definitely, you know, has put some tread on those tires. So some we, we have to, the Heat really have to prioritize the time they have with Jimmy and Bam both in their prime statuses. So to me, the chance to get a guy like this, you do not look back. So I love that you said that, Christian, because I remember, it, especially the big adjustment the Lakers made was, okay, we're going to put AD on Jimmy Butler on the ball, right? And what we're going to be able to do by that is we're going to drop AD because we're not worried about Jimmy pulling up. Jimmy's really hurting us at the free throw line and kind of getting to the basket, kind of putting that stress on our defense. So we're going to put AD on the ball. AD is going to duck under screens. We're really going to contain that, that handoff. And if Jimmy's going to start swinging it to the sides and they want to run their handoff action, we're going to deal with that. And that essentially hurt them because Miami did not have another pick and roll creator that was reliable enough to deal with that. So what would happen is, okay, you know, you, you kind of do that, you pivot, you kind of swing the ball, and then you kind of reset your offense on the other side where AD is not involved in that play, right? So that's where Goran comes in. At that point, you kind of run that. Goran's going to create on the other side. And now you have AD scrambling to help. Jimmy kind of springs free. And now you have motion in your offense that Miami's used to. Tyler did not have that kind of separation and chops and pick and roll yet young guy, he's 19 years old, 20 years old, whatever he is right now. Like it's not fair to judge him, you know, cause he's going to get better. Right. What? And I said this last show, I think I have questions about, he just doesn't get separation and that's just not going to get better. Right. That's just kind of who he is. And that's fine because he has other kind of tools he has in the bag. That's why I kind of compare him to Lou Williams a little bit because he has so he has such a tight dribble. He's a confident pull-up shooter. He has a lot of different types of dribbles. He has that in and out, that behind the back. I, I imagine that he'll probably add kind of like splitting defenders, you know, soon he'll be able to do that. He is small. And I think that's another problem when you kind of rely on small guards in your offense in the playoffs, because it's just easy to kind of throw size in the passing lanes and kind of switches and stuff like that. So I think that there's legitimate concerns if you're a Heat fan, not that Tyler's a bad player, but you cash that in right now to maximize for a guy that if you're playing the Lakers again, and if you're going to have AD on the ball against James Harden, good luck. I mean, AD's getting cooked and that's not anything on AD. It's just like James Harden is not, you know what I mean? That now they have James Harden and Jimmy Butler on the perimeter uh, in pick and roll. They could do so much. You know what I mean? They, it, it, it just creates a different animal for them. And I love that you said that, Christian, because that's exactly right. Yeah, I think the real question. Oh, wait, wait. Are you talking about what I wrote in the chat? What did you write? Because I can't open it because I have OBS. Oh, uh, well, I don't want to say it. Because I don't want to say it. God, you have to now. You, it's just the way that you were talking about it, and it honestly kind of rung true. You were kind of comparing Tyler to Paul Pierce. 
Oh my god! <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Paul like, Pierce is good, though. Yeah, well, I think Tyler has that kind of upside, but that's he's so gonna, funny. He's gonna have to take advantage of the same kind of things that Paul Pierce did, which was kind of you know being able to maximize getting to his spots, even when he doesn't create separation, and really just learning to create difficult finishes. Tyler's crafty. I don't know if this is the white thing we're doing here, but he's crafty. Yeah, no, I just yeah. didn't. I you made me do it though. <laughs> I really like Tyler, but the way we're talking about him, or the way some people are talking about him, I think he can be a star. I think he can be a multi-time all-star. I think he has that kind of upside just because he has certain skills and he seems to be improving really quickly. Um, my question is: Do you think he can be the second best player on an NBA championship team. Do you think he will ever reach that? Otherwise, like, what are we talking about? Because Bam is clearly the guy. Bam is Miami going forward for the next half decade at the very least. And the only question that we need to ask is, how do we surround Bam with talent that will get them far in the playoffs? If Hero is not your B to Bam's A, then I don't care about him. Like get rid of him for James Harden. Cause James Harden's better. Um, it's really Bam's team for the next five years. And you have to trust the team to build around him. And I think you said it on Twitter the other day. Um, you have to be able to trust Miami to be able to find these guys. Like they consistently have, like, unless you think Tyler hero is going to be Steph Curry, which like maybe he can be, maybe they think um, that, I think he, I'm really excited about Tyler Hero. I'm not saying I'm not trying to like limit. You love him. Thing. I know you love him. I really like him. I mean, because clearly I doubted him originally, and I I will never doubt him again. Hawks beat. Hawks beat. <laughs> but I mean, you also have to trust Miami. On it's a two prong thing with their trust. You have to trust them to handle James Harden to maximize James Harden because that's what culture is about. Is about taking in these disgruntled stars and turning them into winners. And then you also have to trust their scouting department to continually find under-recognized talent like the Duncan Robinsons and the Tyler Heroes and the Precious is. <laughs> let's, let's go back to Bruce Bowen and Udonis Haslam. Like, they've done this forever. This is not a new yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like, this organization has... I mean, we could say whatever the fuck we want about Hassan Whiteside. He's a productive NBA player that they pulled out of thin air. Like he was a double double. He is still in the NBA. Like, he's a double double guaranteed every night. I play fantasy basketball. I know he's a fucking rebounding machine. He's a decent role man. He's not bad. He's a pain in the ass as a screener. We could complain about him all I want, but I mean, nobody had him, and the Heat pulled him out of nowhere. And Dallas was offering him a max deal too. And Dallas is a smart organization, so <clears throat> it wasn't just Miami. You know what I mean? Like it, it, they just do this. And then Josh Richardson and second round. Tyler, Tyler and Johnson is a Johnson. good NBA player that they found out yeah. of nowhere. Dude, he's I mean, Duncan any- Robinson is the best shooter in the NBA, and nobody wanted him a couple of years ago. And he was the main defensive focus for teams in the Did playoffs you see this year the 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 thing that kirk's that kirk goldsberry said the other day i think he said it on low and i also believe that he posted it on twitter that duncan robinson had the best catch and shoot season of anybody in nba history not named stephen clay yes i mean i've also we've tweeted said that. this a like, bunch yeah, but it's we've like been, uh, we've literally been over this that's why it's like i 
what you said before about trusting the Heat organization is 100% right. And honestly, it's it's what we all as fans really need to be doing, especially after the last couple of seasons. Look what they did had. with Wayne Ellington. But exactly, right? But it's like, you also, I feel like it's, well, you can't ignore when one of those guys that you find kind of, you know, that, that diamond that you kind of like mold over time, like when you find one of these guys that really is that elite at something, like literally could be a generational shooter, especially with how important shooting in general is these days in the modern NBA. Like you really have to take a step back and think about that for a while before you, know who's you a good really... shooter off the dribble. Who I really love Duncan. Yes, okay. but but like at the same time, like Harden's the guy who has the ball in his hands. There's going to be a lot of times that he is not going to be, you know, the final outlet of the play. And it would sure be nice if Duncan could be there oh, to catch yeah, yeah, those yeah, yeah. Like, corner and, passes from James Harden. You know. So, you know, and, and a lot of the reason why the Tyler conversation came up is because our friend Leif of Five on the Floor reported that Tyler Hero is off the table for the Heat. And I believe that they said that uh, because this is how negotiations work, people. That doesn't mean that Tyler Hero is not going to be involved. But as of right now, you know, Houston, if you find a better deal, come back to us and then we'll see if we add stuff to our package. I don't know what the package Miami put together is. I'm sure that they did not offer Tyler Hero off the bat because I what I imagine that the end game is is to haggle to keep Duncan, and I because Duncan has and I've I mentioned this a little bit last time too. Uh, if any, like he has an extension coming up, he's close to the minimum right now. If you add him as salary filler, it doesn't really get you anywhere. He's going to decline the qualifying offer because it's like nothing, and he's going to make a lot of money in 2021. So you know he's going to be a restricted free agent, and I'm sure that Miami Miami's going to trade for Harden. They're going to want to keep him. Right. And I know that we've gone over the cap situation. We're not going to get back into that, but I think that this is ultimately Miami's way of haggling to end up keeping Duncan Robinson, because what you want is at least a closing four of bam, James Harden, Duncan Robinson and Jimmy Butler. And that's fucking good offensively. Could you believe that? Yeah, I think you're kind of set up for victory no matter what. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like I said, like, if they don't get James Harden, I'm not going to be mad. I really want to see Precious play. I'm really high on him. I think he's like, I can't wait to see a Precious Bam front court. I'm so hyped about it. But like, I think you got to go for it if you can do it. Um, Even if you include Tyler Hero, I think, I don't know. I think Spo this year more than any year is like unquestionably to me, the best coach in the NBA. I think he surpassed Popovich right now. Um, I think he's better than Carlisle. And I think that is the top tier. And I think you just like, you give Spo MVP talent and you get a championship. That's, that's the equation for me. You know, so I'm looking at some numbers and uh, cause I was curious as to what Jimmy Bam Duncan and Goron did on the floor together obviously plus 14 net rating absolutely you know obliterating teams uh only 175 minutes which i thought would be higher um that 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 kind of surprised me a, a little bit because you know you're, you're i'm kind of like thinking ahead well like you know okay like if you reasonably like you know, james harden is a much better version of goran Dragic, kind of gives you the same kind of on ball responsibilities you know how, how are these lineups looking 
uh, and obviously really well, but, you know, in terms of minutes, just, you know, kind of on the lower end of that, of that like quad there. So that thought that was kind of interesting. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, and with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short-term list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you will be on in the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's kind of pivot back to, to kind of what they have at this point in time. I think that we oftentimes indulge in the trade rumors, <laughs> which we should, by the way. Um and Jalen, like like was reported by um, by five reasons that you know James Harden is in, has put Miami on the list. I think Shams also reported that. Um, so I mean, this is going to be a conversation that we're going to go on for the entirety of the season. In addition, with Giannis, who has a couple days, clock is ticking. It's December thirteenth. December twenty first is the last day that Giannis can sign the supermax. So all eyes in Milwaukee, all eyes in Houston. John Wall looked pretty good his debut. Uh, I don't know how that's going to factor into kind of Houston's success and if James wants to stay or to go. Um, but there's a basketball game to be played on Monday night for the Heat and kind of going back to what they have this season, like uh, Jack, kind of kind of let's circle back to the conversation we had about, about their closing kind of lineup. Uh, I don't know if we're going to learn this in the preseason because none of the games are going to matter and they're not going to try and they're probably going to rest Jimmy and Goran and whatever. Um, at the end of games, I mean, like, and and I, I like this conversation a lot because I think that, you know, when you have a really good team, it's also sometimes good to know, you know, who are the best guys that you're going to be able to put on the floor late in games. And, you know, I mentioned that for sure we have Jimmy and Bam and Penn. And I think you can put Goron, Duncan, and Tyler in pencil. I think you could put Mo Harkless in pencil. But I do think that 
as opposed to last year when, you know, Jay Crowder was a for sure fixture because of his ability to kind of guard up and, and play those positions. They have a little bit different of an issue now. And I, I kind of think that if there's something to look for kind of going forward is like, who's closing games, like other than Jimmy and bam, who are the guys that are fixtures? I think Tyler's probably going to be a fixture, but like kind of who else? I think it's definitely going to be Tyler. Um, it's tough. I mean, it really depends on who emerges from that kind of, um, there's a lot of new guys. I don't think it's going to be Bradley. I like Bradley. I'm really not high on that acquisition. I also don't think like in the regular season, he's going to get a lot of run. I think they want to save him for the playoffs. That's interesting. Um, I look at him as a regular season guy. I kind of look at him as a, as a guy to help them get through the grind. So they don't have to switch everything. They just have a guy that, you know, is going to defend the hell out of point guards that they had that issue with that. That's, that's actually the first time I've heard that take. So I'm actually, I'm actually kind of interested in that from your perspective. Maybe you're right. I, I, I mean, I just don't think you're gonna be able to rely on him night to night. I don't know. I I mean, the the, the age factor of that too, that I didn't really think of uh, like, so I, I can see, I can see that. I just, I just haven't considered him as a consistent lineup presence for that reason, because I don't think he's been able to be counted on. I also don't have the stats in front of me on like how many games he's played each season, but like, I just don't think of him as a guy that like you can count on every night to be in the lineup. Hasn't, I played, like hasn't played over 70 games since 2016. He's yeah. Played 46, so like, 46, 63, 49, 14, 44. That's wow. not a guy you can Ouch. count on to be in your lineup every night. No, that that's totally fair. That's absolutely. I didn't even think of that. I like Harkless a lot. I I I was um. I mean, if I probably tweeted about it, I probably talked about it on some of the pods I've been on. I really didn't want us to get Jake Crowder back. I liked Solomon Hill. I wanted him back. So did but, we. Um, I don't think it's a huge drop off. I like Harkless a lot. Um, I don't think Crowder was going to continue his hot shooting this season anyway. Um, that was kind of so anomalous that like, I don't know. I, I think Harkless can kind of replicate what some of what Crowder gave you, just um, not at his peak, but like, you know, kind of a- average Jay Crowder and average <laughs> Mo Harkless. Is that that much different? Um, so I think he could emerge. I'm really high on Precious. I think Precious is going to destroy the world. That second bam right there. So I would love to see like Duncan, Hero, Jimmy, Precious bam. I don't think that's going to happen this season, but I would love to see it. The Heat are 40% of the way done with their master plan of throwing five bams out there. And they (laughs) are going to get there. I believe in them. I see the vision. I I see see the vision. I'm so excited for Precious. Like, and, and I was low on the draft pick because you know, whatever, we're stupid here. We don't know anything about draft coverage. If they followed Miami Heat, that, that is important that that the audience always remember that we know absolutely we know nothing. We did a whole fucking show. We had production and live highlights, and we had Leif and Alex Musaba and all the stuff, and we had you know experts, and we did research, and we read Sam Vicini's fucking Bible of draft picks and. Blah blah blah. Consulted really with Nikias Duncan, and and then all for what? For them drafting Precious. Who did we want? We wanted um, who was the it kid we wanted? Ma- well, the thing that we all have to learn is it doesn't matter what we want because ultimately we don't know anything. I feel like we were right do. about the bull bull thing. I feel like we. I think retroactively we can be right about that one. 
I still feel I a little hurt about that. Yet. I'm I mean, so yeah, excited. That's, that's the other thing. And like, you know, we talk about guys that, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And as a guy to watch in preseason, I'm so excited this preseason. I was like, what the fuck does KZ Okpala have? Like I, that's the guy. If I, if you have to ask me one thing that I'm going to look for in the preseason, it's what is KZ going to do? Like for me, all eyes on KZ, obviously precious as a new guy, whatever. But I think that kind of that power forward position is the biggest question mark for me. And if you ask me like, what is the thing that you are most worried about for the heat contending? It's what are they going to get out of that four position? How are they going to be able to guard kind of smaller fours and bigger fours? I think Harkless is going to give you that smaller four kind of mobility. And Nikaias talked about that a little bit. We previewed bigs, but kind of difficult for him to guard up. I think he can do it, but also the jump shot shaky. Crowder had a confidence about his jump shot that just Harkless doesn't have. And you can just see that in the attempts. I mean, Harkless has never attempted over two and a half, three, uh, two and a half threes a game. You know what I mean? Like they need him to shoot. And I know that Spolster is going to give them the green light. They're very, the Heat are very good at empowering their players to be like, you know, if you miss some shots, we're not going to pull you. You know, we want you to shoot. We want you out there. We need you to keep the defense honest. And I think that's going to help scream at you and deride you publicly until you shoot enough. Duncan Duncan used to have to do (laughs) drills. If he passed up open looks, if he like pump faked or something, Duncan, stop pump faking, dude, just fucking go up. You're tall. You're so tall. He is really tall. You're so tall. Just you're so tall. Your release is so fast. Just go up. You know what I love about Duncan? And he did this like a couple of times in the finals. He's rising up before the pass gets there. Like Jimmy's flipping that shit to the corner and he's like already like kind of like kind of in his jump squat like animation. I'm thinking like playing a fucking video game. Like he's like in his jump squat and he's like jumping and he catches the ball. Then he shoots. It's like, it's like, it's like, what? He's a machine. He had that one. I, I, maybe it was against the Lakers. Maybe it was against Boston. But like, it's the one that I'll always remember is that like, he didn't seem to bring the ball down when he caught it. He like caught it in the corner and like, he was already halfway through his motion before he had the ball in his hands. And he just like, instead of bringing it down and like going up with it, he just like, like fluidly caught it and put it up. It was like one of the most insane things I've saw seen, but like, crazy. I think he's a miracle. I think he's a wizard. I think <laughs> Same. he's brilliant. He's perfect. He's imagine if he played with the heels. I will say for precious. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not optimistic about him this season. Like, I think that's I, fair. I think that no summer league or really no training camp. I, I think KZ is the guy. I always forget he's on the team. I'm glad wow. you it up because he doesn't play. We're part of um, the KZ propaganda movement. Hashtag free KZ. I'm optimistic, but like nobody talks about him. We so talk it's weird. Thanks for listening. No, I mean you guys talk about him. I mean the team doesn't talk about him. Like I, I've asked, I've asked people, you know, who might know, and I, I said, well, like let's be honest, like how how are they optimistic on on how he feels internally? Like, and I've had a couple people tell me that they feel good about him. Now, I think that when the Heat feel good about a guy, they scream it to the heavens. Duncan, remember Spolstra preseason last year was like, you know, Duncan's one of the best shooters in the league. And we were like, yeah, okay, dude. I, I saw that guy play last year. Get the fuck out of here. No, he's not. Uh, when they, the second they drafted Jay Rich, they were like, oh, this guy, 
this guy, we got the steal of the draft. You remember that? Like the day of, they were like, yo, we fucking got it. We got the steal of the draft. They wanted to make sure that everybody knew that they got the steal of the draft. Um, With Bam, it was the same. Like, I think they know when they get a guy and they're like, oh, oh, this guy right here. Like, we fucking know. Um, I I don't feel like they've yelled it to the heavens with KZ. I think it's going to be more of a developmental thing. I, I think you kind of hope that he can get some of those rotation minutes at the four. Um, I think ideally, Christian, to your point about having five bams on the court, you know, I don't know if where KZ fits into that, but I mean, if he, with that length, you know, kind of. Have KZ, you seen those biceps oh, lately? Bro, he's huge. He's like KD he with muscles. He's like 85% of the way to being bam. All <laughs> I have to see him do is catch it in you. And, you know, throw a really nice dribble pass, you know, to a cutting driver. And uh, he's bam three. We're almost there. We're almost there. And, like, he's a guy that can – I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Like, I think him and Precious are the guys that you should, we should are going to watch for uh, tomorrow night. And then you can hear our opinions on twitch.tv slash MIAHB for our postgame stream. Uh, but for me, that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm like, what are those – because the, the biggest question mark is going to be that power forward position because you're solidified. You have three guards that you feel pretty – yeah, at least you have two guards that you feel really good about. And Goron and Hero, you have Duncan, who you feel really good about. You have Jimmy Butler, who you feel really good about. And you have Bam Adebayo, that you feel really good about. So then you're missing that because you don't want to put Jimmy at the four. You just don't. And I think at times they've had to add a necessity and Jimmy will play up because he's a fucking monster and he's a lifer. And I love that guy. And he'll do whatever he's asked to do. Uh, but I think, you know, you want to, you want to protect him and uh, playing Jimmy at the four is just <laughs> that poor guy. Like having Jimmy guard LeBron is just a lot for him. And he, by the way, did a great job. Like, let's not front, like, you know, amazing, but you want a guy that's a little bigger and a little stronger. And that has a little less offensive responsibility to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's kind of the story that I think we have to look for in these coming games. I think this is going to be a really fun season to be a Heat fan just because there's so many young guys that we're, we're going to be looking to see which of them are going to take a step, which of them are going to take a leap, which of them are maybe going to kind of show that maybe, you know, they aren't going to reach the heights that some people are thinking. Like the outside of what Jimmy and, and Goron, it's a lot of young people that still have a lot of upside to show. So I think it's going to be a really interesting season and then why this preseason is probably going to be more fun for me than most. I think honestly, Bam is the biggest, the biggest question mark for me this season, because I think um, people kind of underrate that he's only 19 years old and sky's the limit for him. Um, I, I think the jump shot looked really good late in the playoffs last year if he has a jump shot this year, he's going to be like unstoppable. He's going to be the greatest player of all time. He's going to be the greatest player in Heat history. Book it. <laughs> I love how you jumped to greatest player of all time first. <laughs> quick, quick, quick correction. I mean, Tyler's 19. The greatest player in Heat history. Same thing. Bam is 22. Just a quick correction. No, on wait. That. Tyler's, Tyler's, Tyler's not 19. Tyler's 20 because Jack said he's 19. Yeah. Uh, he's actually he's turning 21 in like a month so tyler's Tyler's almost 21 happy birthday tyler bam's 22 by the way you know and jack kind of going kind of going back your point bringing it back to the start of the show so we can start wrapping this up you know in terms of any superstar that you bring in whether it's you sign a guy next season 
or you trade for a guy that's under contract now. Say you trade for James Harden, you sign and trade for Bradley Beal or Giannis or whatever. If you get a guy next season, that's when Bam's extension, five-year extension kicks in. Guys, is it five or four? I don't remember. Whatever. Whatever the max extension is without the option, that's what Bam has. Bam is going to be here for the maximum amount of time that a contract allows. And normally players get an option the year before. So they can kind of re-up for their you know 10-year or their 15-year kind of service so they can up their max number or whatever. Bam is going to be here longer than anybody that they trade for, anybody that they sign. They have him locked up, no option. Just he's going to be here. So your future, he's 22 now or, he, or 23, whatever. I don't know how old he is, but he's ended his season at 22. Um, he's going to be under 30 under con like by the end of that contract. So you're going to be able to max him again. And you're going to, he's at a, such a sweet spot that at the end, who's whatever 33, that's still going to be a good basketball player. Who's worth that money. Right. So if you trade for James Harden and let's say it doesn't work out and you don't want to give him an extension, the fuck cares. You have Bam under contract for three more years at a max figure. If you know what I mean? Like they're in such a good spot because they have, an alien locked up for five years who's only going to get better, who's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate, who's going to be all NBA candidate. And he's only 14. 